0: You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. In this podcast, Future Net Zero founder Sumit Bose speaks to Danny Macklin, chief executive of Leyton Orient Football Club, and Josh Stevens, head of commercial at Leyton Orient Football Club. As they discuss COVID-19, their club's journey to sustainability, and the role football has to play in educating fans and viewers about the environment. Gents, thanks for joining me. I, I, I should be editorially neutral, but I've got my scarf on. So this is, a, for those watching, I am an Orient fan, so some prejudices aside, but I'll try and be as neutral as I can be. Um, first, for people who don't know who Leyton Orient are and why, how dare they, but can you explain a bit about the club, Danny, where, where we play, what sort of size of football club it is? And, and effects that kind of COVID has had on its gate receipts.
1: Yeah, so Lake Orient have had many guises. We've had Clapton Orient, we've had Orient, and uh, should we say for a number of years now we've been late Orient, Based in the East End, one stop from Stratford, three from the city centre of London, and we're a club with a rich history and a, a future that we're excited about. COVID has put a road bump into our journey to become sustainable in terms of financial And I will we'll discuss about sustainability in other, other meetings. Uh, but we want to become a successful, sustainable football club. As a football club, we've gone through every journey possible over the last few years since our new owners come on board. We've gained promotion from the, the depths of the National League, where we found ourselves for the first time in 130 odd years. Uh, we've enjoyed a Wembley final. We've had the tragedy of our head coach, Justin Abbott, tragically passing away from a heart attack. You name it, we've had every single emotion. Uh, and COVID and say, has certainly provided, as it has for every club, a number of challenges. It's it's had a massive impact uh, on the finances of every football club. We're not immune from that. We're just blessed with the phenomenal support we've had from, from every stakeholder, from, from our chairman, to our sponsors, to our fans, has been absolutely first class and something we'll never, ever take for granted. Uh, we're desperate to get fans back when it's safe to do so uh, because yeah football without fans it is whether it's the Bra group Stadium or old Trafford just is not the same
0: when you look at kind of a, a club it, who, who you know play in what used to be the old fourth division you know league two the average gate is what about three four thousand
1: uh five 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 six our average uh, was prior to uh, the lockdown last season
0: so if you lose that revenue for the bigger clubs people will be watching going, well, they always make it up through the Premier League TV money. How does it work for a smaller club like Orient?
1: Yeah, our, our loss of revenue, we've been lucky that we've had the financial support continuing from the EFL and also additional monies from from the Premier League, which has been very welcomed. Uh, it's been a huge challenge. There's absolutely no doubt about it. It's been managing cash flow on, on a daily basis. And it's required some creative thought, A, how we can try and trim our costs without impacting on our ability to make revenue. And then through some exceptional creative ideas that have come from random sources, uh, a huge amount has come through through, through Josh and his team in, in driving our commercial revenues even further forward. I didn't think that was possible pre-pandemic uh, and certainly during the pandemic. We've exceeded, I think, everyone's expectations, including that as Josh and myself and the board. And that's where it's required. It's required some out of the box thinking. We as a football club try to think you know, bigger than some of our parts. And I think we've achieved that. We'll never again rest on our, our laurels and just sit back because that's not, as a football club, how we, we will ever become sustainable if we just sit back and uh, take what we've done as a success.
0: Let's talk about the energy side of things. And and Josh, obviously, you know, for a stadium, for, for again, people who don't know about football, they'd assume that a stadium is just used once every two weeks uh, and it's a few lights and maybe some hot dog stands. What sort of energy use does the club have? Because it's actually a a mixed use development for people who don't know that stadium isn't
2: it yeah it's uh, you know this the stadium is is a quite a unique ground with with a stand that dates back to the 1950s to to our most modest uh, modern stand that was built uh, in 2000 and uh, 2008 so obviously the 2008 stand is far better in its energy consumption and some of our earlier stands are Quite archaic and and maybe use more more energy than um, than than maybe they should if uh, with with updates etc. But um, yeah, con- consultive came in and gave us a real good oversight on what our energy usage is. It made us more more aware of where where we're at and and where we. Can, as Danny mentioned earlier, trim trim away some of the some of the costs that we we can we can work on. So I, th- I think we we were almost at a million kind of kilowatts per, per hour uh, over the course of the over of a year.
0: And what is that energy used for? Is it for for things like the floodlights and you know catering, or, or, or is it kind of heating? What sort of things does, does the Orient Pitch and Stadium have?
2: yeah many many factors so yeah obviously uh, tuesday night games uh, you will have kind of lights on on the pitch uh, which uh, yeah take up some, some energy but but equally the stadium as uh, over the past three seasons we've had a real focus on driving on non match day business so whilst the whilst the stadium's been used 30 times a season for football. We're, we're we're massively growing our usage on on a non-football uh, football day. So the stadium is being used more now than ever on non-match days to host conferences, birthday parties, uh, and all types of things. But but yeah, there's um, on match days you you've got your concession units uh, across all the stands. Um, so yeah, the, the the energy is 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 in fairly constant usage.
0: Has the club done anything yet, Danny, to try and uh, mitigate that before uh, this this relationship with Consultive came in? Have you looked at, for example, LED lighting or, you know, combined heat and power? Is there anything like that in the structure of the stadium at
1: all yet? Yeah, prior to Consultive utilities coming in and say, as we always say, we don't have sponsors, we have partners, and that's very much the case with with all of them, especially with Consultive. Uh, and I think the name says it what it is on the tin is that yeah we myself and Josh and the team aren't energy experts we've all got a passion to make sure that we are as as yeah economical with our spend as we can and you know doing our bit for the environment we're a a relatively big entity uh, in terms of our footprint of the stadium match day and non-match day and we we believe we we'll always have more stuff we can do I think we Dip probably our foot into the pond, but we now, you know, COVID put a stop on pretty much everything. There's no point in us trying to reduce things when you know, we've got no crowds in, but there's there's now a number of things that I believe we, we've got to do, should do. And I'm hoping that the game as a whole puts in, you know, I wouldn't say rules, but certainly guidelines to further encourage clubs to, to really, once we're out of this pandemic, to, to focus on how we can all increasingly play our part as football clubs.
0: And what sort of things do you think they should be doing? Because people say that stadiums, yes, they're used, but also the club has a training gap. You have, you know, out in the community work, you do lots of other things. Football clubs are kind of like almost mini towns wherever they are. So they have a lot of energy use. They have a lot of responsibility for the young. What are you looking at in terms of what Orient should be? Do you want to try and become a net zero club, join clubs like Forest Green who've put a real kind of sustainability brand out there or, or are you thinking more it's it's a financial driver for a club like Orient?
1: I think it's a stepping stone. Uh, we, yeah, I, I could not applaud what uh, Dale Vince at Forest Green have done. Uh, I've had the pleasure of going there a couple of times now and every time I'm, I'm a bit wowed by how much they're, they're doing. Are we going to get to that level? Probably not. Do we want to? Yeah, probably, but it's going to take a number of years. Now, my approach is, as Josh has alluded to and you'll see from the pitch behind him, we've got yeah, a number of stands that are not yeah, they're, they're not long-term viable. Our view is that as facilities need to be replaced, at the top of that is to make sure that we are putting in uh, energy-efficient lighting. We're looking at everything that we possibly can to make yeah you know, uh, reduce our energy bills. I'm not going to beat around the bush. First and foremost, that has got to be a. It's not the, but a priority. But alongside that is to to make sure that we are reducing our energy consumption for the greater good of this planet.
0: Yeah, and Josh, in terms of kind of ambition. Um, what are you looking to do? What sort of things, now that you've had this kind of energy audit, what, what are the things you're going to do right now, first of all, the low hanging
2: fruit, as they call
0: it, that you think the club could do straight away?
2: I think there's a number of things. I think uh, number one and probably the lowest of the hanging fruit is the kind of re-education. Uh, I, for one, was brought up in a house where if I didn't turn a light off when I left the room, my yeah, family would give me, uh, give me a, a gentle tap. So I think there's there's a big piece around kind of re-educating not only staff but but our fan base and, and how we can all play our part and it is as simple as turning off a light. So I think that that's a, that's a key message that we want to work with consultive and, and really emphasise. There's, there's other things that we're we're currently looking at is solar. Um, so we're we're in conversations with a company uh, around that and consultive are very much kind of holding our hand during the, during those conversations and the process. Like Danny said, we, we've got some lighting updates that we've put into key areas in the, in the West Stand and we want to replicate that across other stands, but it's equally becoming an important question when we're entering into new partnerships with new partners for example we are talking to a coffee brand at the moment and the top thing on their agenda is being the most eco-friendly uh, coffee provider that there is so so what wasn't necessarily on all top list of partnership conversations it's it's certainly slowly making its way up that list to, to become a real key key conversation what about
0: things like waste you know like you know I've been the to match days the amount of litter that's there still but you know recycling bins are you introducing things like that have you got those things uh, earmarked
2: for when you know fans are back in the stadiums yeah we we work with uh, bywaters uh, who, who are our waste management partner and you know if you get a chance take a look at their website the work that they do for sustainability is is vast and and is is incredible so we work really closely with them to to see how we can Become better, that type of uh, type of thing. And I know, Danny, you've had conversations with uh, with council around that kind of recycling process. But um, yeah, certainly it's something we can become a bit smarter at. And I guess COVID, whilst it's put a lot of additional pressure on uh, on people, it's equally given people a little bit of a chance to take a step back from the what seems like relentless football calendar. Uh, and start looking at those wider, important uh, topics.
0: And, Danny, just to end with, I mean, the fans are changing, you know. My boy's 22, you know, he's from a different era to me. Younger fans are coming on much more educated about the planet. You know, they all expect you as a club, where, where they come and support, to be doing its bit. Do you think football has a role to play now, even more so, you know, you've seen Marcus Rashford doing things with the community that football now has to say, look, actually, environmentally, we're a massive footprint, football itself, not just, you yeah. know, clubs like yourself, but the whole football kind of institution. And you know, environmentally, that's what a lot of young people who become fans care about.
1: Yeah, I think you've hit many nails on the head. Uh, I think Covid has taught us the power that football can bring to not just the, the, the euphoria and dis- despair at times of a football fan, but the, also the, the massive impact it has on its community. Nine out of ten times, that's good. And as part of that, it's all about how we can become even more sustainable and all play our part. You know, it, we can all applaud what Forest Green have done and what they continue to do. And if we can take on you know, 5 or 10% of what they're doing, and every club did, that, yeah, every business did that, it would make a, a monumental difference to uh, to everything that we're trying to achieve.
0: So a couple of seasons from now, I can get an e-bike, cycle up to the ground, get out, have it
1: charged, can I boys? Well, hopefully it won't be, won't be long before we can certainly uh, get a few spots in there for, for those that want to do that. We, I mean, just, just a small thing, we're encouraging, we put cycle racks in, it sounds like yeah. such a small, simple thing. But, you yeah, know, again, we ordered those and then the week lockdown came in March last year. But, you yeah, know, they're, they're ready to go. And I know that Josh will be uh, peddling the 40 miles from his house to, uh, to the stadium, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, and I'll join him.
0: Excellent. Uh, Danny, Josh, thanks very much. Of course, I couldn't say, go on, good luck for the, for the season, for what's left. But uh, in all seriousness, I think the club's doing a great job around this and shows that smaller clubs can play their part. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this Future Net Zero podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com. Future Net Zero. Better business, better planet.